Welcome to the Feel Better Make It podcast. Real life, real women, no shame. We take it from drop it like it's hot to I can't get off the toilet. In this podcast, we tackle questions about real issues women have to face with their body, life, love, and their career. Every week, Dr. Letitia and Dr. Jennifer, both physical therapists and business owners, will share from their life experiences and expertise on their journey to feeling better naked. Join us as we ask the questions you've never asked and have fun while doing it. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Feel Better Naked podcast. Dr. Letitia here. I am solo on today. My girl, Dr. Jennifer, won't be able to join me, but I have a very awesome guests that will be joining me on today. Yes, as we transition into the first Monday of March, March is Women's History Month. So we are going to be interviewing some women out here just doing the thing, inspiring, motivating, and we want to like to expand and be able to share stories. So here today I have my aunt Rhonda White here. And before we jump on in, we'll make sure that you know, we don't go too far off the rails in talking about certain things because I know that can happen very easily. But let me just read her bio um, before we hop on in here. Rhonda White is a disability advocate, family ambassador, trainer, and community connector. She is the mother of four beautiful children of whom her youngest daughter has multiple support needs. The needs of her daughter influence her entry into the world of disabilities and advocacy. As a parent advocate for her daughter, Ms. White fully exercises her drive and passion in family advocacy and roles for a resource specialist to a family and community engagement liaison at Quality Trust for individuals with disabilities, providing information, resources, and local and national training to improve support systems for families. For over 10 years at Quality Trust, Ms. White has extended her role to an active community liaison and a compelling presenter and facilitator. She instinctively puts her audience at ease, engages them in meaningful discussion on issues affecting the quality of life for families and their family members with a disability throughout the lifespan. Ms. White's expertise is in hearing issues and finding solutions and creating strategies for families to experience a good life in their communities. She participates as a member of the local parent supports and advocacy groups and holds leadership roles on both local and national committees and councils. Presently, Ms. White continues to demonstrate her commitment to the sustainability of families through the establishment of the Quality Trust Family Ties of DC. New DC Parent Matching Program to connect parents of children with disabilities for information, resources, and emotional support. Rhonda White, hey, hey. Welcome Hello, to the show. How are you doing? I am doing absolutely wonderful. I'm here with you and I'm so glad that you uh, gave the invitation to me to be a part of this podcast. I, I'm very excited to be able to speak to women, um, encourage them, um, inspire them to be their best selves. And when I say that, that's all about them, uh, not of everyone around them, about them. So excited to be here. Awesome. So obviously I know you, I've been knowing you my whole life of my young youthful, or both of our youthful lives. Yes. Uh, so, so far. <laughs> just, tell, just tell us a little bit about you, a little bit about your life. Wonderful. Okay. 
My, my name, of course, is Rhonda White, and I think my niece calls me Aunt Rhonda. But today I am Rhonda White, and I am also not only her aunt, but I am a mother. And um, I started that journey uh, of being a mother when I was in finishing um, college, uh, my last uh, year of college, um, and then proceeded um, to get married and then moved on to have additional children and move on in my life with a degree. I did get a degree in accounting. And um, with that, that moved me from Kokomo, Indiana to the Midwest. And so uh, with that move, uh, there was lots of different transitions, uh, not only for my family, uh, but even for myself, um, moving from a different area of the United States uh, that culturally was so different um, from what I, where I was raised. Um, there was an adjustment for myself and for my children. Um, and But in, in the midst of that, I think it was a great benefit um, to my family as a whole um, that we were exposed to a lot more of um, what is outside of Indiana, you know, what cultural experiences that myself and my children were able to have and to see diversity. Yeah. And not just um, black and white. Um, you know, they were able to see uh, diversity uh, from uh, friends and neighbors uh, of different uh, cultures and necessities too. So those kinds of things I think really has enriched um, my family. And I speak in my family a lot because um, that's really uh a driver for me. Um, when I started college, I thought, and I think some women can understand this or anyone in college, you thought you wanted to do this degree. And then down the road, you found out, oh, maybe that really wasn't the degree I wanted. Um, so I started with accounting and not to say I didn't enjoy pieces of it, but I contemplated you know, maybe I should do something around counseling, around social work. But guess what? The money spoke louder. <laughs> I thought, <Yeah. laughs> I thought maybe being an accountant, you know, I could make uh, more money that way. Uh, and so that's what I endeavored to do. But it's funny how God kind of turned your life around or, you know, you go down different roads in life and you think that it's a detour. <laughs> Mm. But really, what do we know about detours? They always have a destination, right? So it may not be the path you thought you were going to take, um, but there is a destination. And you'll eventually, uh, and definitely in my case, I believe I'm where I'm supposed to be. So um, excited about that. Um, I am now, as she stated, you know, working with families and um and with women and mothers um, who are experiencing the challenges of being a caregiver and needing the supports to do that. Um, and caregiver could look, you know, there's all different forms of caregiving. Um, and I think um, there is sometimes some misconception um, that, you know, it's just for a caregiver, someone that is taking care of someone that's just elderly or with a disability, but we all know as those who are mothers know that we are caregivers. <laughs> uh, no matter what our child's um, needs are, abilities, whatever that may be, we are caring for family. Um, and don't forget those who have spouses as well. 
<laughs> yes, and and now, and I say that uh, jokingly, but um, it is you know being a mother is about taking care of the whole family, and and that is something that uh, my initial endeavor was to continue to be married and be you know with the, uh, my four children, and um, that didn't happen. That you know that extended that marriage. I ended up getting a divorce, um, and so. Uh, talk about detours. <laughs> that was a detour because uh, no one gets married thinking they, you know, that's where they want to land is in divorce. Um, but again, uh, I, that was not something that was going to hamper what I wanted to do for myself and for my family. Yeah. 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 I can that you know when you think about kind of like different journeys and processes obviously as women we are major decision makers you know in all of the, in households so even in, obviously with the spouse or not being able to have that care that time for yourself and be able to really separate that role is just I'm always mother and you kind of take leave yourself out of those things and then we all know when mom goes down everybody goes down everybody goes down no one knows how to boil water <laughs> yes. yes exactly <laughs> it becomes um you know our microwave went down and it was like the end of the world <laughs> the microwave went, well we have an oven try that <laughs> but to your point Letitia Dr. Letitia is that um it is true. We we take on so much of uh, the responsibility. And, and I'll say this as someone learning from a divorce, you know what I'm saying, that there was choices I made where I took on too much. And I do feel like, you know, there was some areas in which I made it easy, you know what I'm saying, instead of making sure that there was um, room for him to be a parent, him to be a husband. Um, and so I do think as, as women, we, we take on, we, we initiate some of the load and some of it's given to us, but yes. there is some that we initiate the load and, and don't know how to say no, or try this and, and delegate, <laughs> use delegation, you know, to, to maybe not make our plates so heavy. Um, and so that, that, in, that incorporates so many different aspects of what that really looks like. But I do believe in owning, you know, your piece. You know, it takes two to tango. It takes two in any relationship. If it's a parent and a child, if it is a husband and wife, if it's a, um, a boss and, you know, an employee, you know, when you're looking at relationships and how you support um, yourself in a relationship, you have to really look at who you are and what you are, what are, what are you uh, putting to that relationship or not putting to that relationship. But supporting is, is um, it is a vast area. You know what I'm saying? Of, and I didn't share with you all that, um, well, in my bio, she did say that I am a parent of a child with multiple support needs. So, finding how to balance um, her support needs as well as my own personal support needs. Um, took a minute to figure that out. Um, uh, there were some very um, uh, issues that were going on with her health that really could have caused her death, 
And so I had to really think about what is important at that point, you know what I'm saying? And at that point in my life, I was not working, you know what I'm saying? And I had the opportunity, I should say, because some don't, uh, to be able to exclusively see about my daughter. Now, did I have to make some choices that said, you can't do this right now, Rhonda, you know what I'm saying? Or you can't, uh, you know, go after the dreams and aspirations you have. Um, yes, you know, I, I had to put that to the side and make a decision. Uh, but I do think there's seasons. As us is over 35, uh, we have seasons. And I use the word seasons when I have hot flashes. I'll say, I'm having a season. <laughs> But in all seriousness, we have seasons in our lives, you know what I'm saying, of where there are times to go and where there are times to sit, you know what I'm saying, and and and, and be, you know, and, and develop yourself, you know what I'm saying, and uh, the develop your children, you know, there is a time that you're home and you need to take care, you know, of their needs and adjust, but I am a believer that um, that our dreams are not dormant, though, unless we allow them to be dormant. Uh, one thing that the Lord, my, the Lord gave me was that he had his, my dreams in his hands mm. and meaning that he was holding on to my dream, you know, of, and, and that I'm starting to see the fruition of that. But all of those 17 years, really 28, I'm giving my age now, of, you know, having children, uh, all the dreams that I have, they never went away. It was just a time and a place. What did I say? A season, you know, yes. for when those happen. Um, and then we always think we know everything. I'll say Rhonda does um, <laughs> sometimes that, you know, I, it's important to do this now. You know what I'm saying? And I think this is the right time and the right place. Well, check yourself. Are you ready? <laughs> Are you prepared to do that? Sure. Um, and so, as you can tell, I'm very honest with myself. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a process. That's, mm-hmm. that's part of the process that you have to go to from, <clears throat> from different stages in our life and different seasons and, and trying to navigate that, that process. Um, so that took you from children, you know, four children working in accounting, and then the process of um, a child with multiple support needs, and then going mm-hmm quality trust and working with more individuals and using your experiences to help with individuals and families. Mm -hmm. Um, And you feel now, or I guess now, are you really feeling like that's walking into, you know, what your passion and what, you know, your journey looks like now? Uh, Most definitely. I I would say that accounting has definitely helped. (laughs) It's still uh, something in my pocket, you know, and it has helped in in the role that I'm in now. I think that um, I did find out that within myself that, you know, this is what I'm supposed to do. Like I said, I I had hints of it, you know, but I was just kind of like, no, that's not it. Um, But, you know, nothing will last if it doesn't have your commitment to it, right? We, we sometimes get in positions and even relationships and things that, you know, if we really aren't invested in it, it's not going to last. It's not. And that's what I found that, you know, over the time, even though I got a big nudge, you know, what I'm saying? <laughs> that, you know, you know, that I did the advocacy, it was continued to do the advocacy for my daughter. But um, because I was in that, that particular position allowed me to see how really my passion to be able to help someone else. And I do believe that we're all created 
to help someone else, to make someone else's life better. Because guess what? Somebody has made our life better, right? And I do believe in blessing and blessing. As you are blessed, you bless others. And um, with whatever your gifts and talents are, uh, but I do definitely think I am where I'm supposed to be. Um, it is very, um, I sometimes get, I don't like to use this word to say rewarding, but I will say that it is um, beneficial to the families, you know what I'm saying, to be able to support them. Um, and I say that because all families have are all different shapes and forms, you know, uh, just because somebody has multiple sort needs or a disability, it's no different. And it's, it's not to be compared, I should say, um, in the sense of thinking that someone else's family that may be experiencing someone with addiction or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Because every family is dealing with something, you know, yeah. in some shape or form, little or a lot, but there is something. And, and maybe not be in this season, but uh, because we're an imperfect people, right? <laughs> so yeah. there's no perfect family because everybody in the family is imperfect. So there's there's no equation that says imperfect plus imperfect means equals perfect. <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> so where there's always something, and I don't say that from the, I say from the way of imper imperfect, I say from the perspective of how you handle what mm -hmm. you've been given. Not the person being, you know, that someone with a disability or someone with addiction, that they're necessarily imperfect, but how you navigate your family, you know what I'm saying? And how you uh, communicate, how you love, all of those things um, that we learn from our, you know, other family members, you know, it's mm -hmm. kind of generational things that we, we pray that that each generation gets better and better. And that's where I'm at with supporting families that, that, yeah, they may have gotten this situation, but how do we make living life better and, and attainable in a way that it's not stressing um, or learning how to handle the stress? Because we have stress, There's, that's not gonna go away, but it's how you manage that stress. Okay, so yeah, kind of thinking, going through kind of like how your process has been, how, what do you think some things or, you know, top things or one, some things that you've learned about yourself throughout this, throughout your journey? Um, I have learned, I think I kind of said about being honest. I think when, yeah, I'm going to go back to childhood because guess what? It's a process, right? <laughs> and mm -hmm. so um, I, growing up, um, there were challenges um, with my relationship with my dad and um and so a lot of that, not knowing how to appropriately deal with that, you know what I'm saying? I made some choices because I was looking for a piece in, my, in myself to be filled that really no one but God could feel that. But I was looking for my father who you would, you know, expect, you know what I'm saying, to be able to fill that role. I will say up front that that relationship was mended. You know what I'm saying? Uh, he has now passed away, but we were able to mend that relationship. It took years, years um, to really get to a, a place in which forgiveness happened. You know what I'm saying? So I do feel like that how I got there was a lot of uh, forgiving myself. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and being forgiving. So I had to forgive him, you know what I'm saying? And then I had to stop 
I had to stop to forgive myself for uh, doing all these things to to be perfect, to to get the attention thereof. You know what I'm saying? Thinking this is what I do, and then feeling uh, less than because I didn't fulfill that. You know what I'm saying? So therefore, I had all this self condemnation going on. You know, uh, for years um, that I know uh, added to some uh, self-inflicted detours <laughs> to my life, you know what I'm saying? Um, that I've had to learn to study me. And I say that to people, you know what I'm saying? Learn to study you, you know? Uh, I, I'm not saying what at 50 years old that they have my parents have any, any responsibility at this point, you know what I'm saying? Of the choices I made, you gotta own it. You know, there are things you did that there were good consequences and they were not so good consequences. So being able to really study you, part of it is also that I did a lot of thinking about what I'm thinking. And I say that because I know a lot of my self-talk was always, was tend to be negative or very, um, uh, you know, I would, you know, analyze everything, you know what I'm saying, about what I did, what I said, was it right or wrong? And, you know, internalizing this and, Dr. Letitia can speak to this. When you're internalizing things, the body will let you know over time. You know what I'm saying? Yes. If it's overeating, if it's some type of sickness or disease, you know what I'm saying? Whatever that is. So we really have to work from the inside out. And I had to do a lot of that work over the years. I, I can't say it was something that happened um, magically or anything, really, it happened supernaturally, you know yeah. what I'm saying, in the sense of where my journey um, for me, um, and it took some some real um, studying of myself and, and being able to see myself for who I really am, you know, and good and bad, you know, and I, I don't want to come just from the negative, but, you know, to value, to find the value in myself. Yeah, um, I yeah, I think that's something that, I mean, a lot of women <laughs> go through as far as that, you know, beating yourself up and you're trying to search, search, search for things, something that may be missing. And then obviously we make decisions, like you said, good or not so good decisions based on those thoughts. And we're always in the pleasing. You know, we want everything to be happy, you know, everybody, everything to be good, everybody to be happy. And we're the one mm-hmm. internalizing, taking up all the stress, making mm-hmm. You know, being, you know, the people person and the, you know, the yes person to all the Mm -hmm. people. And and it's a deficit on ourselves. We don't realize it until Mm -hmm. something's triggered, a health crisis, a Mm -hmm. whatever it may be, different change may occur. And you're like, man, all this time, but we don't even sometimes get to the point where we realize that all the things we've been building up and piling up over the years and we haven't been able to release it and be like, guess what? It's okay. First, it's okay not to be okay. Mm-hmm. Right. There we go. <laughs> it's, it's okay. 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 And where can we go from here as far right. as making shift different shifts and changes? And, and that was something I had to learn even with my my relationship with the Lord is that he doesn't he doesn't want you to come perfect because you can't come perfect. So if you're feeling some kind of way, you need to say, I'm feeling some kind of way. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. allow him to, because he already knows. So we're not hiding anything. You know what I'm saying? Because he already knows how you're feeling, what you're doing. He even knows what, what that's up ahead. You know what I'm saying? Of your life. So um, being able to, to have that conversation myself, to really treat my relationship with him as a friendship. 
and everyone should. This is no special thing. It's a friendship. And um, and that's where it, it took me a minute to get to that uh, that revelation because I did grow up knowing him, but there was a difference for just knowing uh, uh, knowing of him and knowing him. Do you catch what I'm saying? Not of him, but knowing him for who he is for me in my life, life which, you know, you know, turn things around for me uh, personally. I do want to make sure that when we were talking, you were saying, um, Dr. Letitia, about, uh, <laughs> um, you know, internalizing things. I, I want, you know, whoever may be listening to this, as you're sitting listening to this, look at the way you're holding your body. Mm. Are you tensed up? Is your shoulders up? Are you bouncing your legs? What is all that? I mean, I'm saying there's some <laughs> extra energy. You know what I'm saying? The, the stress. I mean, that's not relaxing, whatever, for whatever reason that is. And I only say that because that's the self-check I do of myself. Mm-hmm. Why am I bouncing my leg or my finger shaking or whatever that may be? You know what I'm saying? In your body. But I know I can tell that uh, something's going on. Okay. What am I thinking? Um, and, you know, you're always communicating to yourself. You know, you're, whatever that self-talk, rehearsing things. Um, and I'll, I'll take a minute, even you go to lay down to sleep and your mind's going and like, well, why was I thinking that? Or when that person walked in the room, why did I feel that way? I think I need to check that. You know what I'm saying? Those sure. are the kinds of things that build, you know what I'm saying, um, in you. If there's something that you're having a problem with, with the person that just entered, that you need to figure out what that is because it should not have more power over you. You know what I'm saying? That it caused you to change. So yeah, for sure. what it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So just a little bit of a, a, a shift yes. when it comes to your, your journey in health, have having a, a child with uh, special needs as well. What do you, you know, we're really going deep in there. This could be a whole other deal, but what do you think you could, <laughs> what, if you could change anything within health and healthcare in America, what would, what would that be? Well, I'm going to try to keep this convinced. <laughs> um, I think where it starts and I've actually done um, actual uh, presentations with doctors and pediatric uh, doctors uh, about um, healthcare and specifically um, for children with disabilities. And one of the things I found out is that there's a lot of the uh, curriculum for doctors does not include when they go to school, excuse me, does not include anything or very little about disabilities um, from the perspective of you know, you have someone come into your office, you know what I'm saying? Are you really able to address a person with autism? Are you able to address even an elderly person with dementia? We do know that's becoming more and more, you know, uh, you know, known as a disease, but there still isn't what I would probably call it um, uh, bedside manners in a sense yeah. with doctors on knowing how to communicate, how to share that information with someone and that they would understand. And I'm not just saying the, the child, but the parent. Yeah. Um, I mean, you come with all these language 
that I have no idea what you're talking about. I, you know, I didn't go to school for what you what you were, you know, you went to school for. So I have no idea what that means. And knowing how to uh, communicate, you know, the healthcare needs, uh, you know, what the diagnosis is. Um, those, I would start there, I think, at the root. I'm all about the framework or root of something and dealing where the root is and moving forward. The second thing that I cannot not say is um, uh, when we're talking about those um, communities that are underserved. Yes. And um, and where I live on the East Coast, um, even more, um, and in the field I work in, I see... Um, the um, lack of uh, equity, you know what I'm saying? And how uh, medical um, supports are given or even offered or made available, okay? And I know I said a mouthful with that, but um, that's an area that is in need of because just because I may have um, Blue Cross Blue Shield and someone else has Medicaid, but I don't have access to the same doctors, therapists, you know, I'm limited in what this types of supports and services I can get. So I try to keep it short. Yeah, no, no, that's good. I mean, I mean, if we've talked a little bit, um, if not already on, on the mm-hmm. podcast, we're, we're going to be um, talking some more about that, about obviously healthcare disparities. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely when it comes to, to race as well, gender, you know, there's even, you know, studies out there, they thought, oh no, you know, black people, you know, they're paying is different. <laughs> so that means we don't need to prescribe the same, the exact same diagnosis, someone saying they're having pain and the other person of a non-person of color saying they have pain and that non-person of color will get pain meds. The black person will be like, oh no, just go ahead and take some Tylenol. Remember their, their pain threshold is different. Or, or we don't have to give the assessment right now. They can wait for three years to find out if the child has autism while they're missing all the early intervention that needs to happen. But no, they can go ahead. Oh no, it's just ADHD or or they just need more discipline. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> but we can't have an they're assessment hyper. to really figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're hyper. They're normally their their kids are normally more hyper, you know, so they're not ready to do those assessments, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure it's a significant divide when you're now throwing the mix of undeserved populations dealing with an, uh, a child or family member that mm-hmm. has disabilities and being mm-hmm. able to bridge that gap. And if you, like you said, healthcare, you know, insurance plan, this insurance plan mm-hmm. does this and then have access to this. Then you mm-hmm. have providers that are not versed in it and you're just stuck with whatever divider happens to be under mm-hmm. that that plan and they're not a specialist in that they don't know how to deal with that situation yes everybody's got the medical degree but it's totally different when you come down to specialization and being able to have that equity in that care and I said the same thing about physical therapy you know most doctors they they don't know a whole lot about the orthopedic system unless you're a specialist in orthopedist they get their their generalist a general practitioner they learn a whole lot of stuff by a little bit about a whole lot of stuff Mm-hmm. going down to be able to specialize to be able to get care is a whole nother um, ball game that we're going to continue to have that uphill battle um you know as we see today you know we, we're mm-hmm. not experimented on you know not so long ago within our lifespan we were being experimented on with drugs with having mm-hmm. diseases that had cures for them all mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, don't think of it so long ago 
that this these things were occurring, it's happening now, you know. Yes, now. Currently. So I like, we always have to add in the question about, mm-hmm. tell us more about your personal journey on feeling better naked. And when we say feeling better naked, that could mean a multiple of things. Inside, out, uh, a journey, anything that um, that you have that you think is part of your journey on feeling better naked? Well, I kind of alluded to it a little earlier, a little bit um, about uh, ex- exposing myself, you know what I'm saying? Um, and and taking risk. Um, and and that, in, in, and I say that because you have to be vulnerable, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Allow yourself to be transparent and vulnerable uh, to take risk. Um, and one of the one of the examples I will give is that um, when I was trying to decide, you know, about you know making some moves concerning my even the career I'm in right now, um, I had to really um, consider, you know, what I was willing to expose as it pertains to my family and me. You know, even as a speaker, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, when you start talking about your personal life, you know what I'm saying? Um, it's a different thing, you know, um, and some of the things that you are experiencing um, and making that decision that, you know, if I'm going to go into this field and be a speaker and advocate, you know, I have to be willing to be naked in a sense, expose those areas um, of my life that will allow myself to help someone else. For someone to say, I went through this. Yes, yeah. I didn't I didn't have a job and I had to go places and, and ask for support and help. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, let's let me go with you to to make it sure this happens for you. And you have to have have no shame about being having to ask for support and help from whomever that is. Um, and that was hard because I'm one of those people, you know, I can, I can do it all by myself, which was part of the problem, the problem I had, you know what I'm saying? I mean, even, um, uh, I had a family member who, uh, would say, uh, he would say, uh, you know, Rhonda does it her way. Well, I found out Rhonda's way is not always right. <laughs> and I knew, I know it was meant as a compliment and I get it. You know what I'm saying? But it it made me check, you know what I'm saying? You know, I don't know everything. I do need help. And asking for help, you know, was difficult, you know, and um, and to expose myself that I needed help in, in an area, which I felt like being naked, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Is that I have to expose I need help in thinking that, you know, there's judgment and so forth and so on going on. Um but, you know, help comes in all different shapes and forms, you know what I'm saying? And no one lives this life without someone helping them in some shape or form. Um, we, that's just how, how it was made, how God put it together. <laughs> we need each other. Um, and I think as women, we forget that, you know what I'm saying? Because we see um, this mother that appears to do, be doing everything, which um, uh, that's something that I want to say is that we can't do everything. Yes. At the same time, we can't because <laughs> something's going to be lacking, you know what I'm saying? Or hurting, which could usually comes down to us as we talked about. But yeah, 
You might be able to do this in this season and do the other part in another season, but you can't do everything. You know what I'm saying? And so my uh, journey still, you know, of making sure that I am being transparent to myself and exposing my areas, you know, that are areas I that are challenging. You know what I'm saying? Those areas that are even strengths. How do I make those strengths even better? And how do I address the, the challenges I do have? And um, we that's all about, you know, admitting that there is a problem. <laughs> and, you know, for some people, you, you know, they don't have a problem, you know what I'm saying? Um, but I do have issues I need help with. And um, I have no problem of allowing God to know I need help with these things. Who is it that I need to speak to? Who do I need to, you know, uh, call or talk to? Uh, as well as that I'm there for someone else to to offer that to them as well, that support. So nice, yeah. But, but it's funny you were saying that because, like, we, you know, we get that that myth that we see of the the perfect, you know, wife, mom worker working outside the home we're got all the kids you know we're doing the handmade lunches mm, you know, oh yeah dinners on the table when you come and in, then we have perfect <laughs> instagram and pictures <laughs> Facebook. You, that? That? <laughs> you didn't see the hot mess like i woke up like this girl you did not wake up like that you did not stop playing you got you swirp on your eyes you woke up with crust in your eyes looking bags underneath and everything else, just like everybody else you get just all like everybody images and all that it's always yeah so we get so lines on your face yeah exactly <laughs> Robert or all that all that <laughs> we get so focused on the pictures that we see we get drawn into mm-hmm. those pictures. oh yeah she's over here doing it she's able mm-hmm. to do this she's doing this and look at that 100 organic meals Exactly. <laughs> at home and then dinner's on the table and the exactly. farm raised products, you know, and perfectly decorated. Yes. Perfectly decorated. And then I change my home every season yes. to <laughs> and redecorate my house all over again. Yes. Yeah, right. Like, mm-hmm. like, yes, I'm the one. January, yes, the Christmas tree was still up. Exactly. <laughs> it's okay. And let me be honest, it's still up. <laughs> Yes, we just took ours down. Uh, I barely had to get mine down probably a week ago. So at the time of recording, we're still in January. Exactly. Um, it'll be um, down by the time yeah, this is yeah, yeah. yeah, it'll be down. But we get we get so tied up into those perceptions of like, we got to be doing this because they're doing that. And mm-hmm. underneath it all, we're all having the same struggles. Same struggles. They just come in different shapes and forms is what I was saying. You know, pain is pain. Stress is stress. Anxiety is anxiety. You know, it just comes in different shapes and forms. But but being able to say that's going on with you so that it can be addressed, not, you know, painting over it. When I say that, makeup over it, you know what I'm saying? Clothes over it, you know, or I'll just hide, you know, how I'm feeling or how I'm looking, you know what I'm saying? But getting that out um, with someone, speaking with someone. And that's part of what I do with the parent um, uh, matching program is that, you know, it is for emotional support, you know, as well, not just information and resources, but there is a, a time in which, you know, we need just to talk it out. <laughs> sometimes it just needs to be talked out. Um, and then there's not only talked out, but also something needs to be done. You know what I'm saying? We do need to get to some resource. Um, we, you know, through the pandemic, I've had some um, support um, 
circumstances that were pretty extensive. You know, um, you know, I was actually talking to a parent while she was in the hospital and struggling with the doctors for the doctors to um, really serve her daughter um, and get the test for COVID and her be able to be still be there to support her because she did not use words to communicate. Um, and that kind of supports a little different, you know what I'm saying? Um, uh, it, it was a different um, um, experience for myself and for them, but it did work out. Um, was able to talk her through, you know, what to ask, what questions. Um, and in that circumstance, as well as we prayed. <laughs> and, and, and that was, I believe, what actually turned things around in that situation. But, you know, everybody's support needs look different, you know, um, and, and what works for someone. You just got to get to know the person. This is why, back to what I said, get to know yourself, you know, get to know the person that you're trying to support um, the best way you can. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, kind of, I guess going along those lines, there obviously there's like you said being a significant support being an ambassador for 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 women and caregivers um looks i mean that's your that's your journey right there so what what advice do you have for other women that are stuck maybe want to accomplish something or don't really know where to start okay um i i could say this for sure about feeling stuck um and first finding out is, is it really the time for it, you know? And, I, I, and that was one example I had given earlier, you know, rushing to, to get something done. Is it, is it really the time for it, you know? Um, and then also when you're stuck, what is your motive, you know? Sometimes our motives have nothing to do with really what the purpose is. Mm. And so um, maybe you're stuck because the motive's wrong, um, <laughs> you know, and I know that's hard, but <laughs> but it, it may be that your motive for what you thought you were purposing to do is really not where you should be. Um, maybe it's organization. And I'll say this from the perspective, you know, when you declutter and some more stuff, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, how do you know? physically in your home, even declutter in your mind, you know what I'm saying? So that you can think straight um, and live, you know, <laughs> in a way that you're able to think straight. Um, and, you know, within your atmosphere, I think being stuck also, you have to, have you written it down? Have you written down, you know, what you're trying to do? Uh, sometimes when you write it, and I know a lot of people don't really there's, you know, certain people that like to write and some people like to type on their phones or their iPads. I understand that. Um, I, I guess I'm from the old school, but um, I do be, still believe in writing things down. It helps, you know, with memory, too. <laughs> Just FYI, because <laughs> I'm in my fabulous 50s. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, writing things down. But seriously, sometimes when you write things down. It's some things come out, you know what I'm saying, that you didn't realize. I think so much uh, right now, we think so much in our heads and think we got it all organized and compartmentalized in the right places. But sometimes when you write it down, whatever it is, draw it, whatever works for you, you know what I'm saying? But 
write it down and really figure out, is this really what I want to do? And make steps. You have to do a whole, I'm an analyzer, so that's what you got. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm an analyzer. So how about this? Where's the weaknesses? Where's the challenges? You know what I'm saying? Uh, and I'm sure Dr. Poulard has been working on this because matter of fact, she was talking about goals um, at the beginning of the year, which is now. Um, but, you know, really thinking about what you're trying to do and get a plan. Um, and a lot, you know, nothing's micro, you know, microwave, microwave quick to happen. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It just doesn't happen. And we, you know, we see, I know on our social media, somebody could all of a sudden they did one or two different <laughs> posts and all of a sudden tomorrow their lives has changed. That's not realistic in everyday life. You know what I'm saying? of how even how we do uh, our planning for whatever, you know, our endeavors are. It, it's it's a process for everyone. You know what I'm saying? Um, and being able to accept that, you know, have the patience with that. It's hard, but, you know, you know, having the patience to say, oh, wow, this is going to take a minute. But as my motto is to keep moving forward, you know, and even that forward doesn't mean 10 miles up. I'm talking about step by step because that's what it's going to take step by step. And when we stand still in it, then there, you know, nothing is going to move. You know what I'm saying? But if you're taking some steps to it, um, you know, college degree is not going to happen um, next year. If you're trying to do four years, you know what I'm saying? You got to start taking those classes, right? You know, you, you know, you need to start at least walking, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> If you think you're going to do a marathon, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> next year or even six months, there has to be some movement, whatever that is, in whatever area that you are trying to, you know, get unstuck or get motivated. Um, and sometimes thinking about things in a different atmosphere, and I say this as a parent, you know, we've been in the ha- in our homes, you know what I'm saying, and sometimes maybe go to go outside now we can't write freezing but go to another location if it's even if it's uh the library i mean you know somewhere else sometimes when you're out of your normal atmosphere you can think a little better and i know that seems simple but it it, it can make a difference when you have a child running around or a husband coming in and out whatever that is, and you're not able to get that time to really think things through. And I'm, I'm a, a, a believer in doing that on a weekly basis. I mean, you know, to find out where that quiet space is for you. you, you it has to happen. Whatever that quiet space definition is for you. But I mean, you being alone, you know what I'm saying? And being able to uh, see about yourself and think things through. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that all, you know, ties together. Like you said, you have to have a plan. It's not even, it's, it's not a goal if it's still in your head mm-hmm. and trying to take the, the steps forward and you have to take action and not just be stuck. And that action, like you said, doesn't seem like a big leap. It's steps to do it based on, you know, based on what you're, you're saying there too. So yes. as you're going towards the, towards the end, we have some final fun little questions. So oh, don't worry. Won't be. <laughs> oh, here we go, like, guys. Random. <laughs> so we just got four, four little quick little questions. Okay. Well, so what we got. You are in a bathroom at a gas station. Okay, bathroom gas station. You use the sit or squat method. 
in the public. You know I am squatting. <laughs> we all had that discussion. Me and Dr. Jennifer had that discussion. And she was like, yes, uh-uh. We were so it was like Ebola on that seat. We don't oh, know no. something is gonna crawl up from the depths on us. We are doing this So I am with you. <laughs> Crawl up from the depths, girl. Yes. <laughs> it's a skill. Yeah, it is a skill. That <laughs> every female should know. One. Do you put your toilet paper under or over? Over. Okay. See, see, there's people that's, that everybody has their exact thing. I don't think I pay attention to that. It's just on there. I'm just happy that it gets on there. Exactly. So you like, can if it's it. not over, it's just like not right. They have to undo it. They're sitting on the toilet. And they're, uh-uh, this ain't right. And they're flipping it back over. So, okay, so you're an over. Well, you're an over well, lady. Remember you said about the public bathrooms. I have a problem when you go to public bathrooms and they do under and you're tearing like a zillion squares. <laughs> and, yes. and, and you're in the squat position, but I'm going to leave it alone. I'll stop. Talk, yeah, talk for that skill. <laughs> the skill. All right. Third, <clears throat> do you have the same parking spot that when you go to a grocery store store, you have a, you know, do you have a, a flow where you like, okay, you know, I always go over here or I must be, you know, I don't really have that. I just want it up close, but I have to say, I do have a disclaimer on this. Um, I do have a, a wheelchair accessible tag. So, but, so yes. I, you know, when I'm with Trinity, uh, generally speaking, I mean, generally speaking, um, I will uh, park in a spot with the wheelchair accessibility. Um, But I I do, I have some things about, you know, if it's dark out, you know what I'm saying, where I park or don't park. I do have things like that. And I don't park around vans. I try not to because, you know, people, strange things be going on in the communities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, you know, so I'm well, you do have a particular little parking spot. I'm kind of like the person, like I have to park next to the cart corral because I need to be close to get my cart back. And at least one side of my car is not getting ready to get hit by another car. So you got one side protected by the cart corral. And then the other, then you close. You ain't got to walk all the way back up to the front. or walk. No, I have a different philosophy on back. that. I don't want to be by that cart thing because people be might hit your car. That's where I have the problem with the cart corral. <laughs> Now that's where I don't park. Don't 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 park. (laughs) All right. Last but not least, do you have a favorite burner on the stove top? Oh yes. (laughs) (laughs) It is the uh, front left in the everybody. There's several people that they do it. You don't even realize, but uh -uh, uh-uh. You always just go to that one. I do. I just go to that one. And you just I think it's because I'm left-handed. Yes. Aren't you left-handed? I am left-handed, but I think I All almost right. go to the right, though. I think oh, I go to the right front for some reason. I don't know what it is, but okay, that's fun. All right, so to end the interview, I want to just ask you if you have a favorite saying, scripture quote that you use to motivate, inspire, or encourage yourself. Yes, it's one that I've had since childhood, my childhood that I have learned to understand that it didn't mean exactly the same thing I thought when I enjoyed it and and tapped into it back when I was a little girl to compare to now. But it is Philippians 4 and 13. 
I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Now, when I was a little girl, I seen that I can do all. <laughs> but I've learned over time, it's I can do those things because Jesus strength. That's why I'm able to do. And that doesn't necessarily mean all things. It's only the things that he gives me the strength to do. And those things that he gives me the strength to, to, to do fall all in the purpose and plan that he has for my life. So I don't have to worry about what those other things are that I couldn't do because they weren't for me to do. Mm -hmm. But what I am supposed to do, I'm already provided for, strengthened by the Lord to do. So that's why it's, it is one of my favorite um, uh, scriptures. I have several, but that's one of them. Um, it helps me to know I'm not alone. I've used it, you know, from that perspective, you know, that I'm not doing this alone. Um, and it has been a journey in my life with periods of a loneliness, but I'm not, I have to say that in those periods that I was reminded that I'm not alone. You know what I'm saying? Even in the midst of being the youngest of six, even with four kids, <laughs> um, we, we as women can feel alone, even in the midst of a crowded room, you know? Uh, but I'm reminded, um, you know, many times um, that I'm not alone and that I can do it. Because if I have the strength of my father, I can do anything. Okay. Woo. I'm going to have to just mic drop. Woo. Mic drop on that <laughs> one. That is the way to end an episode right there. So I really appreciate you coming and joining on me, Aunt Rhonda, a.k.a. Rhonda White, <laughs> on the show on the day. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us on the Feel Better Naked podcast. Make sure that you follow us on Instagram at the Feel Better Naked Podcast. Um, myself, Dr. Letitia at Dr. Letitia PT and Dr. Jennifer at Regenerate.Physio. Join us the rest of this month of March as we interview and bring up topics pertaining to women as we celebrate Women's History Month. So in next time, see you later. Hey everyone, thank you for joining us today on our Real Conversations and Journey to Feeling Better Naked. I know there are a million other things you could be doing. Sending you all the love. Check out the show notes to grab any tidbits or tools that were discussed on the episode today and be sure to subscribe. You don't want to miss next week's episode. Remember, you are enough.